0: back to Better Together as One. I'm Todd Miller, along with my stellar co hosts Margaret Wallace Duffy and Claire Gavin. Hello, ladies. How are you today?
1: Doing great, Todd. How are you?
0: Excellent. Nice to see Michelle McFitty joining us again. Uh, She's been on the show several times. She's our resident child life specialist (laughs) and we are facing incredible times right now with the COVID pandemic going on. I know everyone is suffering in in one way or another, but I really want to address mental health today, and we've decided to package a show about mental health because it's so important, and especially with our children. We, as adults, can generally say, I'm struggling. We recognize some of the signs, and we we get up, we go for a walk, we put some music on, we put a funny movie on. We have coping strategies and we do our best to pass those strategies on to our children, but we don't always succeed. Hello, (laughs) being a parent. I I fail forward many times, but I pick myself up and I learn. And I'd really love to have a conversation today about mental health and children. What are you seeing these, these days with children, teenagers struggling to cope with how different everything is? Mm
2: -hmm. So I've worked in mental health uh, for for many years working for a pediatric hospital. So I've um, lived in the mental illness with with adolescents um, and young children for a while. So when we have when we talk about mental illness, there still is a huge stigma. And you were even talking about yourself and how, as a parent, we have the coping strategies, we know when things are going, uh, not going well, But a lot of us actually don't because there is a huge stigma on the mental illness and it's a scary thing. And unfortunately, I think a lot of what's going on out there is crisis support and we always jump to suicide and that the worst thing is going to happen. So a lot of us don't want to talk about it. It's not um, a conversation we want to have with our child because some parents feel that if we talk about it, we're going to make it happen. If they watch those shows and they see what's going on, then it's going to happen. And it's really opening the conversation in your home to talk about feelings and emotions and coping strategies and and really paying attention to our children and our youth to really know what's going on with them because they may not even know what's going on
1: you know Michelle you're connected to McMaster correct
2: mm-hmm. yeah and
1: and you do do a lot of work with kids from all ages mm-hmm. i certainly know claire and i as massage therapists we touch people for a living and mm-hmm. getting back to work after 3 months off and seeing i mean there's the last 10 years have seen a huge increase in mental health issues arising in our even in our young children. Last week I was treating an eight-year-old who's really struggling and scared about the health and well-being of their parents. Are they gonna die from the pandemic? Mm-hmm. It's impacting their sleep and all of this. What are some of the ways as parents, we don't sometimes know where to turn mm-hmm. and and who to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Can you help us, guide us to to some of those resources that perhaps some of our listeners and viewers don't even know exist?
2: Sure. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it too is... your family doctor should be number one and they don't know that's not their specialty but at least they may have a family health support team so they may have a social worker or somebody that's already connected Um, there are things like contact Halton contact Niagara contact Hamilton that are the first step for parents to call and they will give you um, that option of well they won't give you the option but they'll do the assessment with you to see how big of an issue is this they may send you to take some free parenting courses or or things like that different programs that might help or they may put you on a list to get it a formal assessment because the thing that you have to understand with mental illness is that there's there's an, a continuum right so when you look at the continuum and red is over here and green is here we're not always in the red right? And we are in orange and yellow and green. How do we stay in the green? So some of us are struggling, but it's actually not diagnosable. I have not a diagnosed mental illness, but I'm feeling in the red. So coping strategies, being aware of what's going on, those types of things can bring you back to orange, to yellow, to green. A lot of times what's happening is that we're not noticing the yellow and the orange, and then we notice in the red, and we're in panic mode, and parents are like, we need help right now, we need this to happen. If you are feeling that way, you can call COAST. You can go to your local emergency Department, if you do feel your child is not safe. However, are we always in the red, but we are in panic mode because we worry we want to protect our children. Mm -hmm. And where are they at? Is this a diagnosable thing? And with mental illness, it gets in the way of life. So if it's getting in the way of school, if it's getting in the way of your social, um, their social world, if it's getting in the way of life in general, and you feel like you're accommodating this constantly, it may be a mental illness.
1: You know, one of the things that we love to educate on is prevention. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You're, You're talking about proactive rather than just reactive. And yes, sometimes we're in the reactive mode and we need to react and we need to be able to to have the resources, but we also, it's so important to switch the mindset about what can we be doing to prevent and to stay healthy and then to recognize when we're starting to creep so that we can pull it back. We're, um, I'd like to dive a little bit more into that, into some, some strategies to help parents and to help our youth, particularly those teens, um, and how we can manage our mental health and well-being to prevent those crisis moments. So stay tuned. We'll be back after the break here at Better Together As One.
3: Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to Better Together As One. We have uh, Michelle McVitie with us today, Child Life Specialist. So before we went to the break, we're talking about teens and, um, you know, mental wellness. And Michelle, I would really love if you could just sort of, just from a parent's um, point of view too, you know, what are some things that we should probably be looking for with regards to, you know, maybe concerns, should we be concerned, should we not be concerned and, you know, what it, what it is that we can really do when identifying those things.
2: Absolutely. I think what you're looking for is a change. Um, when you look at mental illness, um, there is a continuum. So red is here and, and green is here. And then we've got orange and yellow. So moving this way. So we can move this way. Um, we can have days that were more in the yellow, days that were more in the orange. It's when we get stuck in the red um, that we're, we usually see more of that change or in the yellow. So if you have a child that normally likes to get out or a teenager that is always out with their friends um, coming not come and then they start sleeping more you don't see that they're spending as much time. You're noticing that this child that used to spend all their time doing their hair and makeup is now actually hasn't washed their hair in days or weeks, um, how they interact. So it's noticing those changes. These are the things that we have to look within ourselves as well and around us because mental illness is is a new thing for people. Um, And noticing those changes and not pushing it off as oh they're just a teenager oh they're just moody it's just hormones and we do a lot of that and when we do that then they're not they're more they're less likely to come to you to say something's up i don't feel right so we're looking for change and it's getting in the way of life yeah you
1: know it's hard sometimes as a parent to really take a look at ourselves and to get real yeah. about the role that we may be contributing to this problem and i'm not you know passing judgment parents struggle we all have our struggles mm-hmm. certainly during this time in a pandemic when it's layered with so much stress on all of us can you speak to your experience on um the role that parenting or the chaos in a home can have On that child, on that teen, and perhaps the parent projecting that something's wrong with my kid, when in fact, maybe we should be reflecting on ourselves and perhaps it's us that needs to make some changes. That's a tough discussion, but I think some of us parents need to hear it.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about different children, and we're talking about mental illness, but you can be in the red zone and actually not have a diagnosable mental illness. So you can be feeling overwhelmed, but it doesn't mean that you have an anxiety disorder or that you have depression. It's just that you're overwhelmed and you're having a hard time. When a parent, however, is in the yellow and orange and red, you know, we have a harder time. Our lens is dirty, right? Our lens is kind of seeing things from our point of view. And when we're up here, um, we tend to project our emotion and our stress. So, you know, when you think about life as a snow globe, and you're not looking very clearly, when you do things to step back to do that self-care for yourself to take care of your mental wellness then things will settle and you can see see things differently and it's the same thing for a child if a child is you know, their temperament, they're more, they're more quiet. They're more of that child that needs some downtime. And as soon as they come home, it's just chaos everywhere. Or why is my mom vibrating all the time? Maybe you're smiling, but the child can feel that you're vibrating because they're a mm -hmm. super feeler. They can pick up, they're very sensitive. And it's like this whole house is chaos. And now I'm here. And then if they've got a mental illness on top of that, it just makes it more. Or maybe a learning disability, you know, or if they've got autism or ADHD, and then we've got all of this going on. So how do we support the child and calm things, and how do we react to them? Because I can say, hey, buddy, let's talk for a minute. Or I can say, we need to talk. You know, exactly the same words, but our energy and our emotion can feed into their stress and what's going on with them
1: oh my gosh you know our show's called better together as one Mm -hmm. and is certainly what we do impacts others what you do impacts us Mm -hmm. and that's never been more true than with a, a child and a parent i i'm often i'll be the first to admit i'm my kids are super feelers so am I mm-hmm. and it's hard sometimes though to recognize even when you try so hard to put this veneer that everything's fine mm-hmm. we're good here yeah. when in fact your kids are saying well actually no I can sense it it's not and boy the the need to do some what you said the word self-care mm-hmm. so when we're talking about mental health in our youth often and, you, and I've learned this from you, the self-care needs to start with the parent yeah. and, to, and to work on the parent bringing their level down because we certainly know, don't we, Claire, as massage therapists, when we lay hands on people, the mind and body are connected and we're a house for our emotions. And if we don't take care of us, it's spills over into our children. I I just, I just really needed to land on that. And because it's so true. And I know that if I'm not taking myself seriously, Mm -hmm. my children are impacted. And even now that they're adult children, Mm -hmm. they feel my pain, even when I don't want them to.
2: Yeah. Children learn
1: what they live.
2: Yeah, yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. And children learn what they live. So if they learn, this is how you cope, This is how they learn to cope and then their temperament and all the other things pile on top of that. So being able to take care of your own mental wellness is so important. It's good role modeling and then you're better able to deal with your child or teen and just stress in general and show them when you fall down. This is how you get back up.
3: And you talked about so go ahead, Claire. Yeah, no, turn. it just it just triggered a thought of mine. Like you know, I think we you know when the kids are little, we give them the timeout, right? Like I think sometimes we as adults just need like a little timeout, right? Before mm-hmm. we were reacting to things, yes. we just need to maybe just take some time ourselves before we go to try to handle and sort and fix, right? That's I need right. to do that more. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And fixing is not the answer. I don't need you to fix it. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I know I did something wrong. (laughs) I just need you to hear me and match my emotion. Try to match emotion with emotion. Your job is not to fix. Your job is to validate. Let them calm down so they can do their own problem solving.
1: Well, and the other thing that raised... In me when you were talking is you you talked about and we have a home, you know, and sometimes I question is it good or not. That's very open. We talk about everything. And sometimes I wonder, maybe we talk about it too much. Is it too much of an open book. But one of the things that really landed for me is that by by opening up, I think sometimes as parents, there maybe is a perception that we're supposed to be strong and not show our children mm-hmm. our vulnerability. How do we be a good role model, as you said, if we're not showing the vulnerability in ourselves? Right. And then talking about it, is that, am I correct in saying that? Or am I just trying sure. to make myself feel Absolutely.
2: better? Absolutely. Yes. A child now, so it's a bit of a, a sticky place, right? Because vulnerability is important because i get it i you know um i feel you i am trying to understand you without getting into your own stuff because then it turns into your problem oh i remember oh i had that problem but we're talking about me now and the other piece too is be careful that you're if you are distressed that child becomes distressed because it's like what's going on with you you're stressing out and you're supposed to be taking care of us so we have to find the middle ground which is not easy but that's where that self-love and that self-care making sure you're taking care of yourself when those bumps in the road come up then you're better able to handle them and then if things don't go well you acknowledge it you go back and then you try to see how you can move forward Wow so we're going to take a break
1: here in a moment
2: and when we come back
1: um, we're going to talk about dads we really feel that dads often aren't getting a voice in the parenting world that they deserve and that our kids deserve so stay tuned because we'll be right back here at better together as well
0: Welcome back to Better Together as One. I'm Todd Miller and Michelle uh, Michelle McVitie joins us today. And we're talking about everything surrounding mental health with children. And uh, we wanted to close this last segment with dads. And uh, as we were talking earlier, dads don't always get a voice. Um, I personally, I think I'm pretty in touch with my feminine side and I'm a, I'm a, i am ai am guess a super feeler. I take on other people's energy and I can feel it. So, um, and I, I have two special needs children, so there's a whole lot of stuff going on at home for us on any given day. Um, but um, generally there are fathers that are struggling to to feel part of the conversation and, and to, to feel part of the healing of the family and recognizing what's going on in their children. What what are you what are you seeing?
2: I completely agree with you. Um, I think that there's there's more need out there for male role models, for dads. You can look up mom groups. You can look up. It's just a natural thing. You have a baby. You go to stroller boot camp. You know, you have a baby. You go to a mom club online, and then you beat up for coffee and do all those things. You have a whole year off to actually connect with other people. Men don't have that. There is no dad like there are, but they're they're not. What are they about? And are they actually about support, right? Where um, most women are going to the parenting classes and doing these things. And, you know, why is that? Is it a culture thing? Is it uh, accessibility? Is it also for men that, you know, what is going on? I'm getting all these messages on how women deal with things, but men, you're right, are different. And how you react to something and how you deal with something should, be okay. But a lot of times what I get is the mom is saying, that's not how you do it. That's not okay. This is how we do it in the house. And then that child and that mom have this union. And what I hear from dads is I'm kind of on the outside. And I don't know how to get in. And doing things differently doesn't mean that it's bad. And maybe that child needs a different approach. But you don't feel like you can step in because one, you don't feel comfortable because boys were told for years, suck it up, stop being a baby. Big boys don't cry. Um, And so this is maybe a new thing, but you'd like to get in there. But if he keeps being pushed away and saying, "Mm, this isn't the way to do it, or you don't even know how to approach it, who are the role models and how do you make that first step?
0: I think you hit on two important things there. And one being, I think there's, a, a cultural sensitivity or a uh, a, um, a gender sensitivity that men typically don't step into that role. Um, but there's also the, the societal framework where it's like, uh, yeah, no, there are no daddy and me clubs. You know, mm-hmm. I was one of the first guys to go to a mommy and me club where it was toddler playtime and we were encouraging mm-hmm. our kids to sing and dance. And, you know, eventually, as I had more children, there were other dads popping up. But Mm-hmm. It's, it's that societal expectation that dads are the, you know, whatever the breadwinners and they just mm-hmm. come down and they're the disciplinarians and that's mm-hmm. changing, but it, it there's some more work to be done.
2: Absolutely. And I think it's just learning together. So it's just finding that person that you connect with um youtube you have to watch your sources you know and see if it's a legitimate source because there's a difference between um, somebody that is giving their opinion versus someone that's giving um, something that's Uh, informed from research or research-based information, and it can, it doesn't have to be sticky and boring, right? It's just finding that right role model to say, where can I go? Who can I support? And how do I get more involved? And what does that look like? Because if you've got a child with mental illness, and you just go in there and say, what is it that I can do for you? How, how do I meet your needs? Do you need more time quiet time? Would, would you want to, you know, that active piece that helps kind of get some of that emotion out? Can I be part of that? What is your role in this? And that's something you have to decide as a family, the adults mm-hmm. in the home have to figure that out first, and then go to the child, get them part of the conversation of what do you need? What is it that I can do? I love a bug and a wish. It bugs me when I wish you would. Maybe the child is gonna say, it bugs me when you say, let's go shoot hoops when all I need is some quiet time. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't know that, buddy. Mm -hmm. And then after I've calmed down, then I'd love to go and shoot some hoops, right?
1: I love that, a a bug and a wish. wish. I love that. And what I love also about that is that you know, as a role as a dad, and Todd, you you can certainly speak to this, I'm not a father, but we don't always have to have the same gender roles. I know, Todd, you're an unbelievably uh, in-tune dad who's hands-on and isn't, you know, you may go shoot the hoops, but you also may be, I don't know, making dinner with them. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think sometimes we tend to have these rules that we think we need to play as a mother or as a father, when in fact, you know, that doesn't necessarily service us. And we need to, as a family, decide what rules and how they're played out. Is that is that true Michelle? Is that something Absolutely. that you know society
2: yeah. shouldn't be determining? And and our our definition of what family looks like is very different now. So two gay fathers then they're out of luck? That child's not going to get any emotional support? No, yep. absolutely not. You know, exactly. And does one do more of the cooking and cleaning and one probably not? Like, does it have to be so black and white? And I exactly. think what it is, is just opening your mind to that possibility and knowing that you're probably going to be a little uncomfortable. But when we have this discomfort It's not going to last forever. What can we do to turn the volume down, take a deep breath, this will pass, learn from the mistakes. Like you said, you know, sometimes you fall forward, you know, failure in parenting. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's the issue. But let's step back and say, where, what are the skills I need? What can we do differently? And let's work on it together as a team in our family.
0: Love that. Great tips. Celebrate those little successes. Yes.
2: Absolutely. Remember those
0: yeah
1: and Todd I know that you have you know you're often a champion online of bringing the dad voice and I think that what we want from this show is to give a platform for conversation for to ignite conversations for everyone to be better together as one and Michelle you've certainly done that today as you always do we really appreciate you know we've just skimmed the surface when it comes to mental health but I hope you'll come back so we can continue this conversation and take care of what's really important which is our youth, our future. Absolutely. Well, on behalf of Claire, Gavin, Todd Miller, myself, and the entire Your TV team, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you like the show, please share it with the people you love. We want to hear from you. Follow us on all the social media channels and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well because you'll get the notifications when our episode drops. Uh, And until next time, make sure you're better together as one and stay well, everyone.